Good afternoon, Big Ten fans, Pac-12 fans, Hawkeye fans everywhere. Corey Bradda here from the Hawkeye of the Storm with kind of a uh, spontaneous live stream during the lunch hour on this Friday, August 4th. We've got uh, about 40 people in here so far. And uh, if anybody follows my channel, you know I'm not uh, one of those conference realignment guys. But this was big enough that uh, I felt certainly deserved our attention and our recognition as the latest reports coming out of the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are that Oregon and Washington are expected to join the conference. These are no longer anonymous rumors from random Twitter people. This is according to Ross Dellinger of Yahoo Sports. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you kind of a brief rundown of the last 15 to 16 hours in case you have not been following this story closely. Uh, and again, Ross Dellinger has been on it as it relates to conference realignment. But again, this is the information he has reported over the last 24 hours or less, actually. Um, we were told, again, according to Ross Dellinger, uh, on Thursday, it sounded like uh, Arizona was set to join the Big 12. Uh, but they were waiting for the basically the state to approve this as Arizona and Arizona State were anticipated they would want to be together wherever they ended up. And uh, it sounded like maybe the wheels were set in motion on this, but Ross was reporting about an hour ago that, that Oregon and Washington, their departure was kind of uh, their imminent departure. Again, this, this has not become official yet, but uh, as official as these sources are reporting them, it sounded like Arizona and Arizona State were kind of waiting to see what happened with Oregon and Washington. Um, again, yesterday, I'm, I'm trying to scroll through here, and I just put this live stream together, so I appreciate everybody being patient here as I kind of try to filter through some of these tweets from Ross Dellinger. Um, 15 hours ago, Ross reporting that Big 12 executives met Thursday to improve, to approve, excuse me, to approve the application of Arizona as a 14th member, paving the way for Arizona to enter the conference is another step in Arizona's path to join. The final step would be approval from its board of regents. So, excuse me, the board of regents were uh, in line to have this decision in front of them, whether or not they would approve a move to the Big 12 decisions from Big 12 expansion targets. Arizona State and Utah have not progressed as quickly as Arizona, but the Big 12 still pursuing those institutions. But they remain viable options for the league. Inclusion is expected in a matter of days, according to Ross. Now, the Big Ten's offer to Washington and Oregon is expected to be in the range of 35 to 50 million dollars annually. Um, and, of course, cross-country travel, he brought that up. It's about half as much as what the, I think it's less than half, right, uh, what the other Big Ten schools are in line to get via these uh, this new TV deal. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, Ross reporting that uh, the Pac-12 leaders had held positive meetings that uh, – would further expand the details and uh, kind of lead them into more discussions on the potential for a Pac-12 deal with Apple. Okay, so that's been kind of the the leverage the Pac-12 has been trying to use. And then, of course, uh, Ross also reporting that presidents of the schools whose membership is in question participated in this these positive meetings. And um, shortly thereafter... Now we're flashing forward to early this morning. 
uh, Ross reporting that an important part uh, of this whole situation was the reluctance from Pac-12 schools and the blame that may follow to kill a 108-year-old conference. And, of course, another factor being the pushback from the Big Ten's powerhouse programs and further expansion, something that many of these Big Ten institutions have reportedly been against. Um, Ross, three hours ago, reporting that uh, the belief is that uh, the uh, Arizona Board of Regents uh, wishes for both Arizona and Arizona State to compete in the same conference. So the question then came up, would Arizona leave the Pac-12 to go to the Big 12? Again, I know we're kind of just going all over the place, but this is we're following this as it's, as it's been disseminated over the last 15 hours or so. Or so. Ross then reporting two hours ago that the Pac-12 survival is contingent on avoiding the loss of Washington and Oregon. So that's how we're all, that's how this is all getting uh, interrelated, folks. Um, the issue became or has had become, would Oregon and Washington, would uh, the Pac-12 be able to hold on to those two schools? And if they were not able to do so, uh, then what would be the end result? Would they be able to hold on to Arizona and Arizona State? Certainly, you lose your two strongest plays left in the conference in Oregon and Washington, then that uh, does not uh, bode well for the future of that organization, that conference. So that was uh, that was just a couple of hours ago. Um, Ross then reporting. Let me find the latest here from Ross. So uh, the Pac-12 failed to close a grant of rights deal this morning. Uh, this is actually Dan Wetzel, a colleague of Ross Dellinger with uh, – Yahoo, fate of the league likely rests on if Oregon can make a deal with the Big Ten. There is hesitancy among many in the Big Ten about logistics of an 18-team travel to Eugene, money, etc. Of course, this all comes back to money, right? And then Ross reporting shortly thereafter, this is 44 minutes ago, that Oregon and Washington's departure would be imminent and is expected to set off more moves within the Pac-12 as Arizona and the Big 12 have inched closer to a marriage. 33 minutes ago, Ross reporting that the belief is that the Arizona Board of Regents, which controls both Arizona and Arizona State, wishes for both to compete in the same conference. We talked about that earlier. While Arizona's deal with the Big 12 reaches the goal line, Arizona State's situation is less certain, but should clear soon. Then 28 minutes ago, as reported, the Big Ten's offer to Oregon and Washington, if plans didn't change, was expected to be a partial share of the total TV deal that the rest of the institutions have agreed upon. Other details are unclear, but this reduced rate likely convinced the Big Ten powers like Ohio State, like Penn State, like Michigan, and USC to agree to the move. Now, apparently, uh, Ross Dellinger also reporting that, uh, let me find, the, again, we're trying to decipher through all these different tweets. Um, Oregon and Washington have informed the Pac-12 presidents that they plan to accept an invitation from the Big Ten. Now, with that being said, uh, let me pull up the actual article. And I know everybody's capable of doing this, but since we're talking about it, uh, let's go ahead and pull up the actual article here that Ross and Dan Wetzel have contributed to on Yahoo. So everybody can see what we're talking about here and see some exact information. Let me uh, get myself. There we go. That's better. Uh, let's zoom in here. And uh, we'll kind of just take this piece by piece. So there's the headline sources. Big Ten adding Oregon, Washington, leaving Pac-12 with a very uncertain future. 
uh, as you see there let's get my can i get myself off the screen let's get uh, there we go let's let's get all of this off here so we can see what we're doing that's better Okay, so uh, the Big Ten is in the final stages of negotiating an expansion to 18 teams and adding the universities of Oregon and Washington, industry sources told Yahoo Sports. Now, the move adds a Pacific Northwest presence to the arrival of USC and UCLA while bringing two known football brands to the Big Ten's broadcast offerings. Both schools are expected to agree to a cut rate, perhaps as low as 50%, of the Big Ten's media revenue that could reach $65 million a year per institution. That is more than the Pac-12's proposed media deal with Apple TV, which is expected to be in the range of 20 to $25 million. So you may wonder, well, why would, the big, why would these two big institutions be willing to take like half of what these other Big Ten institutions are are taking? Well, this is the reason because that's how little this potential Apple deal with the Pac-12 is. While contracts are not signed, deals have been agreed to in principle. Big Ten principal, uh, Big Ten presidents, excuse me, met Friday morning to discuss expansion and settled concerns about increased travel and logistics of an 18-team conference. After a roller coaster of exploration and negotiation across the week, the Ducks and Huskies will exit the Pac-12, leading, leaving the 108-year-old league with an uncertain future. Arizona is thus expected to take an offer to head of the Big 12. Both Arizona State and Utah could follow. does sound like that's dependent on uh, Arizona State. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Wildcats and um, the Sun Devils. The Pac-12 was already down to nine teams with the defections of Colorado USC, UCLA in 2024. Keep in mind, folks, there have been rumors about Cal and Stanford, two very strong research and academic schools. The four remaining schools, Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State, will either need to regroup on their own or together. If the Pac-12 survives as a brand, it will be unrecognizable to its reputation as the Conference of Champions that served as the preeminent college athletics league out west for generations. Again, that's the latest from Ross Dellinger, uh, Dan Wetzel and Yahoo Sports at this hour, Oregon and Washington have reportedly informed the Big Ten Conference, or excuse me, have, report, have informed the Pac-12 Conference that they plan to accept invitations to join the Big Ten upon an official invitation. Now, with all that being said, we're talking Big Ten expansion. This is, I mean, th these are sources that are I think second to none in the college football realignment world, right? But it does sound like, well, it, 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 given the information Ross and, and Dan have reported on this, it does sound like there are still some steps left in the process. The official invitation has not been extended. So until the, uh, the information and the signatures are signed on the dotted line, so to speak, you never know how these things can change. But as of right now, it appears that Oregon and Washington will be the next two schools to join the Big Ten following USC and UCLA, which means we'll have four, four Pac-12 schools that have shifted over to the Big Ten. All four of those, uh, two, well, two of them from the state of California, of course, one from Washington, one from Oregon, all West Coast schools. And We'll see what the next domino to fall is. It does sound like, it does look like, this Apple deal has been a disaster. The Pac-12 has failed to secure its members. And we talked about this a few days ago. I hosted a show with Mark Rogers, the college football, his main channel here on YouTube. And, and that's, you know, I'm no realignment expert, folks, but I said that exact thing. If there's any way the Pac-12 survives, they have to keep Oregon and Washington. Uh, I don't see any way you can possibly survive, not as 
the conference of champions, so to speak, some perennial uh, playoff contender, even with the expanded 12-team playoff, there, there's no way you can, I, I don't think, that uh, the Pac-12, regardless of how this is structured in the coming years, the Pac-12 is going to be able to expect to even have one guaranteed entry into the playoff year in and year out. Um, with Oregon and Washington leaving now, again, you've left, now they're potentially, and potentially Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah are leaving. Oregon State is unfortunately probably headed to a group of five, um, whether that's a new look Pac-12 that's basically just another group of five uh, conference um, or they head to the Mountain West. Whatever happens, again, with the Pac-12 will impact that. And again, we'll see what happens with Cal and Stanford. And am I missing one other? Washington State. They're another one. I think Washington State could be in big, big trouble. They play uh, Wisconsin. The football team plays, plays Wisconsin early this coming season. A uh, couple things, folks, before we continue this discussion. Uh, you see the number. Uh, I don't have the number there. It's in the description. Let me throw it up. Make sure we have our phone line working. We'll take some phone calls here at least over the next half hour. Um, 515-635-1601, folks, is the number. I'll throw this up in. It's in the description. I'll also throw it up here on the screen. There's the number, 515-635-1601. You can also join us via StreamYard. Let's welcome our first caller. Daryl MVP is on the line. Daryl MVP, welcome. Welcome, Corey. Welcome, Corey. Well, today's the day, Corey. Today's the Corey. I mean, the death of a 104-year-old conference is upon us because you need at least six members to be a conference. And if Arizona leaves, they're down to six. I don't see any reason for Arizona State, Utah to stay. So they're at four, so they're done. I mean, it's basically over for the pack right now. So, And, and, and remember, my my stance on this three days ago when there were rumors that Oregon, 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 Washington, Florida State, and Clemson were all headed to the Big Ten, I think some of that obviously was premature, although it looks like half of that, at least half of that, is going to transpire. We'll see what happens with with Clemson and with Florida State. And of course, you mentioned those Arizona schools in the Big T- uh, 12. But I think one thing that you remember me saying on Monday, Drill MVP, was that the only way they survived, even with the nine institutions left, is if they held on to Utah, Oregon, Washington, and somehow were able to convince Miami to stay. And, you know, even then, I don't know that you have enough if, if you somehow can join forces from two totally different sides of the country to form a league that can some can still be somewhat competitive nationally and and have 20 or more institutions but now if this information is true which uh, you know we can't say for certain until it's official th- there's just no way I I don't see any way especially if Utah heads to the big 12 that there's anything left and that that would lead me to think that Miami has got to have an exit plan at this point I know we haven't heard as much about Miami but They've got to have an exit plan, whether that be to the Big Ten, whether that be to the SEC, because there's no way they're comfortable sticking in an ACC conference when there's rumors of Florida State Clemson leaving and no one left to join forces with that conference from the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah, I get that totally, Corey. But, you know, the downfall of the Pac, I think a lot of people go back to Larry Scott. Some people go back to USC. But I actually want to go back to the inception strategy itself. I don't think their idea of being the conference of champions, I think that's what did them in. Them caring as much about rowing as football, them caring much about badminton as basketball is what did them in. I'm sorry. 
Nobody cares. Uh, and when I say nobody cares, I mean in general. Obviously, there's a few people that care about those sports. But in general, nobody cares about rowing. Nobody cares about badminton. Nobody cares about beach volleyball, water polo. And for the pack to treat all those sports as equal to football, in my opinion, is their downfall. Do you agree with that, Corey? I, I think that's there's some there's some truth to that. I look at how how they acted during the pandemic. I mean, during the COVID during the COVID season, and regardless of how you felt about the virus, that's not what I'm bringing up. I'm simply saying you remember how they, even worse than the Big Ten, failed to lead by example, uh, were total followers, and they got bent over a barrel by the Big Ten conference. That's basically what's happened here, right? They, right. I mean, they, yeah. they, were, they were led into the swamp by the conference initially. Then they uh, kind of recovered as the Big Ten led that charge. And then following the pandemic, following that whole saga, they say, we're going to align. We're going to align with the Big Ten. We're going to have this alliance to respond to the SEC. I don't know if the Big Ten ever really intended to fulfill that or not. But then the Big Ten goes and basically says, hey, we're not only going to break our alliance, we're going to take a couple of your your two best institutions, your two most prestigious institutions. And now they're just completely milking them dry. It's just, yeah, you're, I think that's fair. Cal has been a perfect example of that. I, I don't know. And maybe it's because I'm not an expert on realignment, but like someone explained to me why Cal is even a player for the Big Ten. People keep saying that. I don't want the only reason is academics from what I've heard. But I think this move completely destroys the academics matter narrative okay. as much as the, the football. Maybe this, because, is, this is probably a real ignorant statement to make, Daryl. Then if it's all about academics, why, don't, why didn't the Big Ten just go get Harvard? I, I totally agree with you. I For think it, this move just completely – I agree. I agree, but there was a large contingent of people who were backing the pack that said academics matter, academics matter just more than football. Not just as much, but more than football. And that narrative today has come in completely thrown out the window, in my opinion. I mean, there is no justifying because you could have either had Oregon and Washington or Stanford and Cal, and the Big Ten chose Oregon and Washington. That's all I need to see about this academics mattering narrative. And I don't want anybody to try to tell me for a second that Cal and Stanford are not hoping and praying for a Big Ten spot. Um, and that's, that's a great point, Daryl MVP, because those rumors have been swirling this week. And the fact that the Big Ten has seemingly prioritized Oregon and Washington, who are kind of, the, I don't want to say the opposite, like they're, they're all West Coast schools, they're Pac-12 schools. I'm not saying they're bad academic schools, but like they're kind of the opposite of Stanford and Cal that are known for their academics, right? So, the like you said, the fact that the Big Ten has presumably selected these two schools and said, "Yes, we're willing to to cut you a piece of the pie." It's not going to be as big as the pie pieces that are were given to the other members of this conference, but we're willing to cut you a couple pieces of this pie before we approach an institution like Stanford that's had good years but has been down of late. And here you have Washington that's preseason, probably a top ten team. Um, and, and Oregon, with its success, it's been a lot more consistent over the last 10 years, year in and year out, than, than Stanford has. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that. Uh, and again, it all comes back to money. They were willing to agree, apparently willing to agree to an amount that left the Big Ten comfortable. And this only strengthens the conference. This is not like adding 
You know, if you add Cal and Stanford from a football perspective, I don't know what that does except weaken your overall product. This only strengthens your overall product. Obviously, Florida State Clemson become the big storylines. I know the, the Big 12 is concerned with adding the Arizona schools, as they should be, because I think that's the only... Now we shift to how does the Big 12 survive? And I think they probably will as a result of the Big 10 not really having room for Utah, not really having room for Arizona, Arizona State. I don't know, really know that that the Big 10 would ever be interested in in the Arizona schools, but those schools are good enough, I think, to be able to strengthen the Big 12 enough to where they can still be a player year in and year out for a playoff spot or two, especially if the big Pac-12 is gone. Who knows the future of the ACC? You're right. There's a few more things I want to uh, say. Uh, first, with the football side of it, auto bits need to go right now. I don't want to pretend that the Big 12 strength is equal to the Big 10 and SEC for even one season. I, I don't think that's going to – keep in mind, all that has happened prior to much of this conference expansion. Not all of it, but – this significant impact on that we're going to see on the Pac-12 and the Big 12, I just think has to change how, change the rules, change the structure of what you just said, automatic bids, etc. I, I think you're right on that. There's, there's obviously the Pac-12. Even if the Pac-12 adds a few schools, you're not going to give them automatic bids if their best teams in that conference are Stanford, Arizona, and Utah. They're not going to get automatic bids, nor should they. You don't even have, do it with the Big 12 as well. How many Big 10 schools would probably beat the Big 12 champ in any given year? You could go, what, seven, eight, nine deep and make a legitimate argument? I mean, Wisconsin, what are they now? The seventh, eighth best Big 10 school on average? Look at Iowa. And this is an Iowa channel. Look at Iowa. Where's uh, Iowa could... on the totem pole in the Big 10? Oh, and that's something else I was going to bring up. We need to get rid of 6-6 six and six being a bowl-eligible team. I know bowls don't matter for most people, but they matter to me. As somebody who's acknowledged their team's never going to win the championship, with all due respect, like there's just no shot I see of Kentucky winning it all. Same with Iowa. They could go 4-8, and eight, Iowa could, and still be better than most Big 12, ACC, and Pac-12 teams. So you're saying get rid of bowls? No, no, get rid of the requirement you have to have six wins to make a bowl. Well, it's a slippery slope when we start playing that game. I mean, well, you see my point, though. I, 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 I see it, I guess, to an extent. You know, you know how I look at that drill MVP, and and ultimately the Bulls are just another function of institutions needing money, right, and an opportunity to advertising for these networks. But if a Big Ten team is left out of a bowl game at four and eight and a Mountain West slash Pac-12 team at 6-6 six and six gets in? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Like I do. I care why? about the Bulls. Why do you care what happens in the Little Caesars Toilet Bowl? What, why does it matter? Because as, some, listen, as a fan of a team that had the longest streak of not going bowling, okay, for a period of time, they matter to me. I, I don't assume every team makes it to a bowl, okay? Well, I just think it's that's how you get better. You get extra practices and stuff. But I think that's my point is you're looking. We're looking at a future where a bowl berth is just redefined, and although it means so much less than it did 10, 20, 30 years ago, Daryl MVP, it's going to be. It's going to continue to be redefined. 
because you're right. There will be if, if, if the current requirement that stays in place and I have really no major issue with it staying in place because I don't know how you else you do this without it being completely subjective. If you say the, uh, that a, a six and six team from, the, again, the Mountain West gets in over a four and eight Big Ten team, whoop de doo the four and eight team, even though they didn't make a bowl game during MVP, at least they got a pretty big cut of the pie financially from being in the Big Ten Conference, whereas the Mountain West needs that extra. Those schools need that extra money via the bowl game. I get that, Corey, but see, maybe it's just me, me being, uh, I, I don't know, as a fan. I, I don't see any of that money. I don't know about you or anybody in the chat, but I see literally zero dollars and zero cents, so I could care less how much these conferences make as long as the SEC is competitive with everybody else. So that's where my opinion on that comes down. But the the final thing I'll say, Corey, is what happens to Oregon State and Washington State? I don't believe Stanford Powell even cares about athletics, so I'm just leaving them to the side. So what happens to those two teams? Yeah, that's what Six Foot Yeti wants to know. What happens to Oregon State, Washington State, the rest of the Pac-12? I, I think I've thought for a while that Oregon State's probably – you know, regardless of what happens to the Pac-12, whether the Pac-12 uh, formally restructures itself, my guess is Washington State and Oregon State will end up in the same conference. Um, obviously, it was not an issue for Washington. I mean, like the, the situation with the Arizona border regions, where it sounds like they're having to approve a leave because they're unsure about leaving the the the, the Pac-12 without their counterpart, Arizona State, that doesn't seem to be a priority for Washington. <laughs> they, they don't care that they're leaving, and that doesn't, that's not a problem for Oregon either. Both of those schools are leaving their rival schools, with their state rival schools, out to dry. And, you know, so be it. But I, my guess is those two schools will end up being relegated to whatever the Pac-12 becomes, or if the Pac-12 just completely disintegrates, which it currently looks like it is, then yeah. Um, I don't know how that works this, this all comes down to um, organization and corporate organization. Like, I don't know how this is all going to look because does the Pac-12 then absorb these other conferences like the Mountain West, the WAC, these other conferences out West, or do those other conferences absorb the Pac-12? Like, and, and, and with that being said, does it matter? You know what I'm saying? Like, What's the difference? They're all it's all going to be the same regardless of what they're called. Then it comes down to just the corporate the corporate uh, setup, the corporate structure, I guess. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Corey. Well, see you next time, Corey, and good luck to your Hawkeyes in the last season they probably can win anything in the Big 10. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you being here, Drill MVP. Yeah, six foot yeti. What conference would Oregon State go to? Uh, again, uh, depends. It just depends on on what those schools like that Apple deal that's in place. How does that change with Oregon or uh, Washington State? Uh, Oregon, Washington, Arizona State, Arizona, and Utah all leaving. Obviously, Apple is not going to be able to have this type of a, a deal for the big uh, for the Pac twelve. It's just not going to happen. So. At, at some point, like I said, things are going to be the Pac-12 is going to be whether we're still calling it the Pac-12 or not. It's basically the equivalent of what the Mountain West is, the the WAC. That's how I perceive all this. Uh, maybe we'll get uh, Mark Rogers in here in a little bit, and we'll get his take. Argras on the line. Argras, welcome. Hey, how's it going? It's going good, man. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, <clears throat> I have to say, it's usually 
kind of fun. Uh, the, the back and forth, the banter usually that we all have with Dereal, uh, myself included. However, I have to say, as fun as that is, uh, it's it's almost even more fun to listen to him and be like, you know what? I agree with just about everything he said. So I, I just want to throw that out there uh, for Dereal. Uh, definitely a lot of the stuff that he said, I, I'm on board with. I think it makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. And I, I agree with quite a bit of that. Um, so that's sort of first and foremost. Um, as far as what's going to happen with the remainder of the pack, I would say personally that the Mountain West is now, which is crazy to think, is now in the position of strength where they could absorb what scraps might be left over. Uh, and and I, honestly, I think so. Someone like Washington State, someone like Oregon State, maybe Arizona State, of course, that's dependent on is the room left at the table uh, with the Big 12, are they willing to go in on him? Do they have a reduced share? Because some of the reports that are coming out saying that anything that's left over, it's not going to be a complete share in the Big 12. I don't know if that's true or not, but that is what's being reported. So if that's the case, does Arizona State even look at that, or do they, do they look elsewhere and maybe jump with uh, you know Washington State, Oregon State in, in the Mountain West? I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, so I, I, again, this is this is over my pay grade, but you you brought up a couple of interesting points, and you heard me talk to Daryl MVP about just kind of the, the corporate structure of things and whether or not it really matters what we're calling these conferences, who's absorbing who. But I will say, what you just said kind of triggered something in my own mind. I'm thinking to myself, okay, you've got how many you've got how many Big Twelve institutions, assuming Arizona, Arizona State, and uh, Utah all join. By the way, caller, I'm putting you on hold on the phone line. Uh, I'm just thinking, so that would be, how many are we up to now in the Big 12? Uh, we're at four, 14, right? 14? 14 with those three schools? <clears throat> oh, four, four, yeah, 14 with Colorado and Arizona. That's what we're at right now. With Colorado, those two. Arizona. Assume, let's assume for the sake of this argument, that Arizona State and Arizona, uh, Arizona State and Utah follow. So then we're, then we're at 16, right? So you're at 16 member institutions the big i can't even keep track of all these conferences now the big 10 is at how many <laughs> with oregon and washington uh with oregon and washington they're up to 18 now okay and, and let's assume for the sake of this discussion that the sec and the big 10 plan on expanding further and miami clemson florida state all get picked off if i'm the big 12 and, and maybe this is stupid but if i'm the big 12 i'm going to add i know there's money and 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 we talked about those those slices of the pie and how big they are but i would guess that it'd be good competitively for the big 12 and financially for those schools. If I'm the big 12, now I'm going after Stanford. I'm going after Washington state, maybe Oregon state and, and Cal, because those are still the biggest brands left. We can insult those brands. If we want, they've still been power five schools forever. Why right. not go after those schools at some point? Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's certainly a possibility. Um, it, it's, it's hard. <laughs> I mean, really the, the only thing that we have at this point now are the what if scenarios and, and it's, it's all guessing games uh, because here's the thing with, with Stanford and Cal on one hand, you could say, yeah, they, they are one of the teams that is at the heart of the pack. So you think that someone would gobble them up, especially like maybe if the big 12 were, were in that position. But on the other hand, does the big 12 even want them? Uh, there is definitely a, a cultural divide there. And that is especially true for Cal and Stanford. They might look at that as being downgraded. And if that's the case, 
what are the odds then? They let's say they don't want to go to the pack, or um, I'm sorry, they don't want to go to the Big Twelve. They don't get an invite to the the Big Ten. They certainly don't want to downgrade themselves and go to let's say the Mountain West. The only thing left is do they become independents, like almost like a Utah, or I'm sorry, not a Utah, a, a BYU. But you know, prior to them joining, obviously. Just from a you're you're saying from an academic perspective, you feel like they may not be willing to accept a bid to the Big Twelve. Uh, I think, I think it's between culture, like the cultural divide, like I said, but also academically, I think that's a, that's a big, that that's a big thing between, uh, those two schools versus what they would see with, uh, with a big 12, uh, sort of introduction or integration, uh, into there. I, I don't necessarily think that, I don't think they fit. I think a lot of people would agree with that, that they don't necessarily mesh. And I think that they would sort of snub uh, an invite if I had to guess. I just don't know why, uh, you know, I know you, you brought up being independent. I don't know, really know what that does for them. And I'm trying to figure out at what point do you let your pride da- down and say, yeah, we've got incredible history here, but a big part of our hundred plus year history has been the PAC 12, which no longer exists. True. Like, right. It no longer exists. So what are we going to do? Is, is the mountain West more prestigious? Is it more prestigious to be independent and not have anybody want to schedule us? Because let's be honest, uh, our brothers, there's, there's going to be few options for them on the schedule from you. They're not going to be Notre Dame. And no. frankly, I think we're still headed eventually from a financial standpoint, Notre Dame's going to join the big 10 at some point as well. I, I agree with that. I a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. I guess uh, w- with those in that scenario with them, uh, it's, does hubris get in their way if they were to get an invite? Because I think hubris is what set this whole thing off with a pack to begin with. Um, and there's certainly two schools that were in, in the center of it. when you think pack, those are some of the schools, you know, that you, you typically think of. So there, there's that end of it where what's going to happen with the musical chairs, uh, whether it's uh, Washington state, Oregon state, what happens with Arizona state, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think another thing too, that you're probably going to hear, more of now uh, is now that the Big Ten is going to be up to 18 and you're going to hear even more of the whole super conference thing. uh, People are going to, again, start banging the drum of this is ruining college football because it's getting rid of regionality. I am not in that camp. And the reason why I'm not in that camp is because you can have regionality one of two ways. You either have a lot of little conferences, like maybe typically what we had in the past, or you have a couple very large conferences that are so big that you are forced to go back into divisions again. There's no way that the Big Ten, like let's say they hit 20 or they hit 24. It's it's not it's not as if they're going to say no divisions or only two divisions like it is right now. You're going to have something similar to the NFL. You're going to have like a pod system. So you're going to have the West Coast teams most likely anyway, duking it out, you'll keep the regionality there. You'll have the same thing maybe with teams farther in the East and you'll break them up in the Midwest. So I think you're, you're still, in my opinion, anyway, the way that they're going to have to go is small divisions within larger conferences. And that will preserve regionality. That's how I'm looking at it anyway. And you're simply, you're simply saying that you don't think a 24 team setup as implemented for 2024, where you have no divisions and you're just selecting the top two teams to compete in the conference championship game. You don't think that's feasible with 24 teams. No, I, I, I think 
they're going to most likely, of course, like I said, this is my opinion. I think that they're going to have to go into some kind of subdivision pod system like you see in the, let's say the AFC, the AFC North, South, East, West, uh, where you'll have the people that you will consistently play with every year and then you will rotate your teams. Almost, it's somewhat similar to what the big has right now with the 377. However, I think when you have that many teams, if you're climbing up to like 24, you're going to put them in their own little pod out west, in the east, that kind of thing. And because of that, you will ultimately be preserving some form of regionality. You, you could be right on that. I will say for the people who are concerned about regionality, uh, have they not been watching college football over the last how many years that your team, Bargara, Penn State, has been a part of a, a conference that's also got Minnesota in it? Like. What what regionality is there? You know, with with Maryland and, and Nebraska, um, yeah. You know, and I, yeah. I mean, and I, and I 100% see. Like, I I get with what you're saying with that, and I would I would agree. I, I would I would somewhat agree because you could still say, listen, the the Big Ten's very big, but it it touches. It's all connected. It's it's based in the Midwest, and it does stretch out to the east a bit. Now you're going all the way, you're skipping over the Great Plains, you're skipping over the Rocky Mountains, and you're heading right to the coast. So that sort of makes it go kaput. Um, but you are, I would definitely, like I said, agree uh, with that at least somewhat. And the same thing, I guess, you could you could apply that same logic also in the SEC because, let's face it, Oklahoma, Texas, and Missouri, those aren't exactly southeastern states. Um, not, not at all. It is not Alabama. It's not, it's not, uh, you know, South Carolina. So regionality, it, it's still kind of a thing, but it's becoming less so of one. But for those that are concerned that it's going to shape the landscape in such a way where it doesn't exist at all anymore. I don't think that that's the case. That's fair. Yeah. And, and I, 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 my biggest question mark, and that, that's why I, you talk about regionality, I, I think, Miami checks all the SEC boxes, and I just find it odd that we have not heard much on on the Canes at this point. Um, I think you're right about the twenty. I don't know if twenty four is the magic number, but given the number of institutions left out there that could potentially be lower, low to mid tier uh, level programs for both the SEC and the Big Ten, my guess is you're, pro- you're probably pretty close. So. Oh, all good storylines, all good topics. Uh, my focus will continue to be Miami. What happens with, obviously, the Arizona stuff is going to be the big storyline. Utah's probably, I, I don't know why Utah would not follow suit. Um, I, I don't think there's been any 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 traction, any rumblings that, that Big Ten, the Big Ten Conference has been in any way interested in the Utes. So why not go ahead and... and uh, tie ties with the big 12. So all those things I'm following, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see regionality wise, how the pack, how the pack 12 survives, if it survives in some form, what it looks like, can it partner with the ACC? And even if it does, I, I just, to me, it's a, uh, it's no longer the pack 12 as obviously as we knew it. Absolutely. And I, I certainly, I certainly agree with that hundred percent. Our I appreciate you calling in, sir. Yeah, Thanks not a problem. All right, folks, again, the latest from uh, Dan Wetzel and Ross Dellinger. The latest news is that the 
Washington Huskies and the Oregon Ducks are reportedly set to leave for the Big Ten. They have reportedly informed Pac-12 presidents that they are leaving and they will accept an invitation once it becomes official for the Big Ten Conference. The Big Ten reportedly is offering them about half of the TV deal that the rest of the institutions have agreed upon. So that is the latest from the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. Let's go to our call-in line. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Hey, Will, how are you? Doing all right. Uh, just wanted to call in and give some thoughts about this conference realignment. Um, I've heard some of the things some of the other callers have said, as well as yourself, and I think a lot of the focus right now is on the Pac-12, how they're going to uh, survive if they will, Big 12, how that's going to work out. Obviously, some grumblings about the SEC, uh, but I'd like to talk about the Big 10 itself and what this does and what this looks like for, you know, uh, a school like Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, and stuff like that, um, and how the fan bases are going to still be um, – invested in in this conference with it being so many teams i think the big 10 has got themselves in a little bit of a conundrum and i think i have a way of them to make it so that people care about it because i think when if you're talking about 18 20 25 teams in this conference it's going to be really hard to win the big 10 it's going to you're going to have potential for multiple teams to be undefeated and how do you determine who is or who isn't um a part of, you know, a, a conference championship or what have you. Um, and so I think what the Big Ten needs to do is either make it 20 or 25 teams. And uh, 20 would be the easiest, right? You could add uh, a Stanford or a Cal, which we've already kind of talked about, that they're um, looking to now find a new home, uh, probably with the uh, Pac-12 uh, disintegrating. Um, and I think you need to find another school, either that's a pluck from the ACC or you pick up Notre Dame. I know that they're very um, against conferences, but um, they seem to be kind of hitching their wagon to the ACC at this point. Um, but I think if you had 20 teams or 25 teams, then you could have essentially four divisions and um, you know, West Division, say a Midwest, Central Division, and Eastern Division with uh, five teams in each if it's 20 or uh, six teams if it's 25 and allow each school, say it's Iowa, Iowa would be in a, a division with say Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Northwestern. Uh, the, the, the schedules, I know people already talked about like your non-conference not being um, uh, especially Michigan's this year, not being uh, up to par. Um, and it's going to be hard for a team to go undefeated, play a bunch of cupcakes, but then also play an easy Big Ten schedule if you have that many teams in your conference. Um, so I think your non-conference games are going to fall to the wayside. Um, but if you had, say, it was 20 teams, we just added, uh, we'll say, Stanford for uh, argument's sake and uh, Notre Dame. Again, just for argument's sake, that could be Pitt, that could be somebody else plucked from the ACC. But you'd have a West Division with USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon, and like I said, Stanford. Uh, a Midwest Division with Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Northwestern. A Central Division with Illinois, Indiana, Purdue, 
and then again, we'll say Notre Dame for argument's sake and Michigan, um, just because you probably don't want to have Michigan and Ohio State in the same division that has the same problem it's been having with the East and West divisions that we've had. Uh, then you have an Eastern division with Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, Rutgers, and Maryland. Your schedule would look, you'd have to play everybody in your pod or your division, whatever you want to call it. Um, the winner of your pod would go into a semifinal Big Ten championship format. Um, and you could play that at the Rose Bowl with USC and UCLA being in there, um, or you could keep it at Lucas Oil. Um, and you'd have a championship as well. But you would be able to play two games from every other division, which would get you up to um, 10 conference games. And then you could have one or two non-conference type of thing. Um, you'd have 15 games if you were to win everything out because you would have a semifinal Big Ten championship game, which we know the Big Ten is very big on their uh, revenue. And that would just be a, a two additional fan bases to go to Indy, right? And two, uh, two more games on top of the championship game that could be played. So that's my thoughts on how the Big Ten can try to at least keep teams competitive and keep schools uh, and fan bases interested in, um, you know, competing for a Big Ten championship and not just having two divisions of 10 teams or 13 and 12 teams or whatever the case is. Uh, so honestly, sir, that's about as well as, as I've heard someone explain it. Um, and obviously, the, the I'm not saying you're assuming this, but the assumption that Notre Dame is going to join the Big Ten anytime soon is is a big one. We've heard reports about Clemson, Florida State. You know, what ends up happening with them if they join instead of like, say, the Big Ten says, OK, we want to get to 20, but we're going to get to 20 through Clemson, Florida State. Hey, I'm fine with that competitively. But then then you're totally re re redistributing the pod system that you just brought up because you've only got four schools out west. That is an interesting point, though, that that idea of a fifth school out west, four, four five-team pods, you can get to the even 20, and it would make sense from a travel perspective. But the Big Ten, I mean, I'm sure the Big Ten has had, I know the Big Ten, they've had these visions of expanding beyond USC and UCLA for quite some time now. So I'm sure, you know, even though they've kind of ignored the travel issues that were going to crop up with two West coast schools joining a Midwest and East coast conference. Um, at some point, my guess is travel is still somewhat of a concern to an extent, but man, with that much money out, that's my only thing with that much money being had with these TV deals. How much is travel really an issue? That, that'd be my only question, but yeah, I mean, if, if you get Notre Dame, my guess is this is my guess. Given the, if, if the Big Ten looked at it from your perspective, given what Notre Dame gives you in every way, shape, and form, if if you could guarantee Notre Dame wants to join the Big Ten Conference, my guess is the Big Ten would be totally content with taking Notre Dame and Stanford to round out the 20, even if that means turning down Clemson and Florida State, given the history with Notre Dame, given the regionality of Notre Dame, given the fact that they could add that fifth West Coast school, that, that would be interesting if they had the choice between Florida State, Clemson, and Notre Dame, Stanford. That's an interesting discussion. Yeah, and I don't know if Clemson well, – so two, two points. So I don't know if Clemson or Florida State meet the requirements that the Big Ten has set forth with regards to academics AAU stuff. So I'm not sure that they, they do. I don't know if they'd be looking – if. If the ACC were to dissolve, I don't know if they'd be looking necessarily at those two, although those, those are big, you know, 
um, uh, athletic uh, schools that you could bring in. Um, and obviously you're opening up, you know, recruiting pipelines and stuff in areas that you didn't have before, uh, potentially, but, um, you know, when you talk about travel though, so, you know, uh, my little brother is, uh, is starting middle linebacker at Drake and they play in the pioneer league and Drake has, you know, nothing near what Iowa or Iowa state has in the way of money, um, for a lot of their, you know, uh, football, especially football. Um, and the Pioneer League is sea to shining sea. I mean, it is uh, San Diego State all the way to Destin, Florida, all the way to Poughkeepsie, New York, um, uh, Davidson in South Carolina. It is all over the map. So, you know, I don't really see the travel thing as being a big hang up or something that they're really going to care too much about. It's really going to be the regionality of stuff. You know, who's going to tune into a USC Rutgers game and Poughkeepsie? or um, in um, Piscataway. Piscataway. No one's going to really look at that. And that's where your TV stuff is probably going to have an issue. But I think the travel side, they don't really care too much about. All good stuff, sir. And I'm anxious. Like I said, I thought you explained that as well as I've heard anyone explain it. And I'm anxious to get, we're gonna, I think we've got Mark Rogers on hold and he's going to jump on and kind of give his perspective as well. So no, I, I appreciate the call and definitely, I'm assuming you're a Hawk fan. Oh yeah. Yeah. Brian Ferentz still needs to go. Yep. Okay. Have you called into the show in the past? Yep. Okay. Usually well, about Brian. I appreciate you calling, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you here soon. Hopefully, uh, talking about some good Iowa football storylines. Yep. Go Hawks. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, we had Mark on hold, and now Mark booted himself out. So we're going to put our next. We're going to put our next caller on hold and putting you on hold on the phone line. And uh, I don't know what happened to Mark just a second ago, so uh, we'll see if he can join us again. So we're going to go to our next caller, Tony, who's been on the on hold. Tony, I may shift you around. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I know I'm nowhere near the level of Mark Rogers. I, I understand where I fall in the pecking order. No big deal. Um, I, I did want to say, and you're probably still hearing it, I do not have plumbing issues, okay? Okay, what good. I have is oh, that's my air conditioning unit right above me ah that's what i was so hearing that's that's the noise that for anyone who wanted an update on my plumbing okay did you go back and listen to that later no but when i took i had my headphones on when i took my headphones off i heard the sound and i'm like oh yeah yep that, that's probably what people are assuming is my plumbing issues so what, what are your thoughts on the, the reported news about the Ducks and the Huskies? Well, what I will say is, you know, I'm a basketball guy. I'm excited that we might get uh, Bill Walton to call a Iowa Hawkeye Big Ten game now. <laughs> <laughs> is that, that's what this is all about for you, is, the, is bringing the conference oh. champions over to the Big Ten. <laughs> no, it's it's about the football, obviously, as well. I'm just not as big of a fan, but I mean, to me, I'm more excited about seeing him probably calling aid for Iowa. I don't think he's ever going to come to Carver, but we might get him on a road game. I don't know what Bill Walton's like it, with all this change. What the what this means for his future in the? Uh, I guess we hadn't approached it from that perspective, but yeah, what does this mean for for Bill Walton's uh, color commentating future? Oh, yeah, and a lot of those guys who work those Pac-12 games, they're ESPN guys. And, uh, 
Last I checked, I don't think the Big Ten has any deals with ESPN. Correct. Any sport? No. So, not, not that, no. And I don't believe there's any. I, I don't know that. Uh, I know there were some games left last year that were obviously played on ESPN. I'm not aware of any any conference events like you said. Now, what does that mean? I, I again, what, what's televised on the Big Ten Network that's a conference sanctioned event? Um, or I'm so, sorry, on, on ESPN, what would normally be televised on ESPN that's a Big Ten conference sanctioned event that's not football, basketball, or women's basketball? Um, there's uh, not really wrestling. baseball, I guess. Because ESPN did the ESPN did the baseball. ESPN like the, Plus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still ca- I, didn't they do the baseball? They did. Well, that was the tournament. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's the tournament. That's the yeah, tournament. I'm sorry. That's, that's what I'm tournament. saying. Like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. you're going to get some non-conference stuff and tournament play and etc. But I, I don't know as far as conference events. I think you're right. I don't know that there's anything left on ESPN. Yeah, I mean, because we used to have basketball and football on there. Now it's. I think that contract's pretty much went to the wayside. Um, the, the interesting thing is, like, from what I've heard is your Mark, the guy who's – I think I'm saying his name right, the Big 12 guy. Yeah. Your Mark. He, he's wanted people who've stayed faithful and all in on the Big 12. I wonder with Arizona State and Utah kind of waffling, if you want to say, is he going to allow them to now still join the Big 12? Because I know he's had his eye on UConn. Uh, again, from a football perspective, and that's what's driving most of this, obviously money, competition, football, and I think pretty much in that order, why would you not? Like, I don't think beggars can't be choosers. And the Big 12, although they're in a, a stronger position because of the moves they made last year, well, what was it, two years ago, the moves they made prior, they're in a better position now than the Pac-12 is. They're still nowhere close competitively to the SEC or the Big 10. No. So to me... If they've if they've got any common ground, any any uh, aligning principles and you know regionality, everything, use all that to your take those cool schools, take Utah, take Arizona, take if they can get Stanford. I know the caller earlier brought up. I don't know if they fit in from a culture standpoint. You know, does Cal do Cal and Stanford fit into the, the Big Twelve? That's again, oh, that's over my pay grade. I don't know, but I'm just thinking. From a numbers point of view, if the Big Ten ends up going 20 or more and the SEC goes 20 or more, I think the Big 12 has to. They have to look at those schools. Like, if they want to go out to UConn, okay, then then we're talking a totally different direction. Talk about travel. Now, I mean, the USC and U- Rutgers, we see the opposite there as well. But um, I, I don't but know. I guess- I, wouldn't you take – hold on a second. Wouldn't you take – wouldn't you stake, take Stanford – over UConn? Wouldn't you take Arizona State over UConn? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it through football perspective, of course. But to me, I think Arizona is definitely more of a basketball school than a football school. I think most people could yeah. agree with you. UConn. But it's still, be, I just think Big 12 is going more for that basketball powerhouse and should try to be the clear number three football conference. If they added Arizona, which it seems like they're going to, and they added UConn, they would be by far and away the best basketball conference in the nation, I think, after adding those two plus with the ones they're adding this year, you know, Houston and all that stuff. I I don't know. I mean, you know, like there's – who knows what's going to happen. But I think within the next two weeks we're going to see what happens at the ACC because I last I saw or read or whatever, 
The ACC schools have until August 15th. So yeah, that's nine days away. Or no, 11 days away. And if they leave by August 15th, they can become participants in 2024. The ACC schools. And, and there were those also, rumors. That's probably part of what went into the rumors, the rumblings earlier in the week that Clemson and Florida State were on their way out. Um, yeah. You know, this is something you, you read and hear these things that uh, J.P. Morgan Chase may be partnering up with Florida State to uh, finance their buyout. Of the Why? ACC. I, well, I, I, I don't know if they're, you know, they have some connection to Florida State. But because Florida State needs a lot of money to get out of that ACC deal, the ACC deal, like their board of re- their board of whatever the thing they call it, that uh, thing that keeps the uh, whatever the the rights thing that keeps it together, their TV rights thing is through like twenty thirty five. The ACC thing, and it's so hard to get out of financially that that's that's why they need a financial backer to get out of it. If what does that do for what does that do for J P Morgan Chase? That's my question. Nothing. I don't think it does anything for them. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm just saying these are things that are thrown out there that, you know, yeah. Florida State is looking into someone to financially back them because they want out of the ACC so bad. Yeah. You know, that, like that's, that's all I was getting with. It. I know I've harped forever on Miami, but I just and maybe I'm overthinking Miami as a as a program, as a brand. I, I tend to think Miami is the best brand out there. I just maybe I'm wrong, but I think Miami is a bigger brand than Florida State, maybe, and they're just as big of a brand as Clemson. Clemson's obviously had much more recent success football-wise. That's why I find it very odd that we have not heard more on Miami lately. Like what? I, the the ones that I've heard is Miami and Florida State, and I've also heard. Have you heard anything about North Carolina? There, you know, again, rumblings, yeah. talk. Um, you know, back in what a year ago when the USC or whatever that happened, USC UCLA news, we were also talking about, um, you know, would would North Carolina leave without Duke? What happens with Duke if North Carolina, you know, they head to the the SEC? I don't know why the SEC would take them at this point unless they just need decent programs and and you know, obviously they would kind of fit from a regional standpoint. Um, it doesn't really do anything for your market, TV market wise. I don't think. Um, but yeah, what happened there with with Duke? I mean, there, are they? Why would the the SEC has no reason to want to take Duke uh, along no. with North Carolina? So, or if North Carolina does jump to the big time, why would they want to take Duke? So, yeah, exactly. I think Duke is yeah, Duke is uh, in a in a precarious position. Um, and I saw somebody in the chat. I, I saw this question from, uh, let's see here, Jason. I wonder if the Big Ten will boot teams like Rutgers and Northwestern. Um, well, first of all, they, they I don't believe they just they can't just boot them. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I don't know what the future will look I don't know what the future will look like. I don't know what the stipulation, what would be the, the pros and the cons of reevaluating your future beyond like conference. This conference realignment is going to work itself out over the next couple of years. And I would think we're going to be done. Like, I, I don't know how much longer this can I think after this continue. this round, ha- I think the ACC is the last domino. Once that domino falls, I think, you know, or dominoes because it'll be multiple schools. Once those fall, I think that we're pretty much done with this 
realignment stuff and we should be pretty settled in. Now, what does it mean for the, um, what do they call them, the Olympic sports or how do they call those, the non-revenue sports or whatever, yeah. like, you know. Good question. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how those, those sports are impacted. I had the same question when USC and UCLA joined the conference. Yeah. I mean, I, they're be sending the, the, they even have rowing teams out there. I, I don't know. Uh, but I, I can tell you this, um, there's enough money to go around, Tony. Yes. So. It, it seems odd. It seems insane. But when there is that much money on the table every single year, who cares? I like I listen, Tony. If I had a hundred million dollars every year, I would send you to Australia three times a year just because I could. Not just because I could. <laughs> now I'd have you promote the podcast while you were over there, of course. Oh yeah, I'll bring my Iowa smokehouse. And I was I'd send you <laughs> over there, and you would promote the heck out of it, and we'd be all good. So, anyways. Um, one last question before, uh, sure. you probably got Mark's probably coming on soon, but, uh, Mark had, to, I think Mark had to jump off cause he's going to be doing, he's going to be going live here in a few minutes as well. Um, okay. so I don't know that he's jumping back on. Go ahead. What are your, like, um, now that more of this gambling stuff has come out, what are your thoughts on all this, the gambling stuff? I mean, I think it's going on everywhere. I think that this gambling is going on in all these conferences at all these institutions. And if these states want to start cracking down on it and the NCAA wants to start cracking down on it, they will because it's not like this investigation that's taken however long, three months here. That's not like, this is not FBI level stuff. Like th these are things that are pretty easy to figure out. Like Aaron Blom had his mommy set up his, sorry, I shouldn't have said mommy. Uh, Aaron Blom had his mommy, <laughs> set up his uh, FanDuel's account and used her name, whatever. Like that's, you track the location and it was done from his dorm, like all this stuff. I'm sure these kids are not cyber experts. They are, they have done this because they can get away with it. Whether you think it's right or it's wrong, it has been a violation of the rules. The dignity and the sanctity and the integrity of the game could be in question. And here's the thing about Aaron Blom. This, I said, made this comment to someone last night that uh, uh, had brought it up to me. Like Aaron Blom is accused of betting on the 2021 Cyhawk game. He didn't play in the 2021 Cyhawk, but he's still on the team. That's still wrong. You cannot like, regardless how you feel about them betting on other sports or even other teams within your institution. You cannot bet on your own team or against your own team or on the over-under. You can't do that. So, you know, the rules are the rules, but I can see his perspective as this kid who is like, well, I'm not playing anyways, so I think it's okay. Well, that's not what the rules state, and you suffer the consequences for your actions. I, I feel bad for him. I got a report last night that uh, from a pretty reliable source that Aaron Blom has stepped away from the program. Um, now, may, that may not have been his choice, but I was told that last night that he officially has stepped away from the program. Last I knew he was still listed on the roster, but this gambling th stuff, I think, is going to be popping up everywhere. We'll just see how much the powers that be start cracking down on it. Now, now I understand what you're saying, because we can look at this with glasses back that he didn't play. But who's to say one twisted knee or whatever you know, yeah. plant leg on a punter, and he's in the game, and he has action on the game. Oh, it's, you know it's, what I mean? Like, we, we, we say that now that he didn't play, like, especially at the Deckers. Well, he Hunter bet on that game, but he didn't play. 
well, he's the backup quarterback. Again, one twisted knee, one ACL, and he's in the game. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. The, the um, one that's funny – sorry, the one that's funny to me is the basketball player who used a different name while betting. You, I didn't want to say something. Aaron Eulist literally bet using a different name, thinking they would not catch him. But it wasn't wasn't the uh, name wasn't it just his brother's name? It was it was like no I think it was Anton was it Anton Ulis it? it was Anton so I'm I'm trying to go back and forth on Google but I know the first name was Anton I forgot what the last name he used but it was Anton something but anyone who knows like me you know I live by the border right on the Iowa South Dakota border those geolocators are holy cow within like the inch. You literally could be right on the border walking. You take one step, boom, you can't bet. You take another step, boom, you can bet. Like the fact that these kids who grew up in technology, you know, more than I did, but like knowing all this technology and how accurate it is, thinking that they would never get, especially betting in team facilities. Like, <laughs> again, though, there's so much that has gotten pushed under the rug for so long. On so yeah. many different levels, whether you're talking about recruiting violations with coaches or betting with with student athletes, it's like what what do the powers that be want to crack down on right now? That's all that it comes down to. Yeah. Um, these NCAA violations with recruiting, those things have been occurring for decades. Mm-hmm. And finally, people decided, oh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna you know this is too egregious, so we're gonna start cracking. They've known these things are going on, so it's a corrupt system. This is a, that's the world we live in. There's a lot of corruption. <laughs> And I'm not saying the, the student athletes are crying. I'm just saying, like, that's just the setup, the structure as a whole of college athletics. Uh, there you go. Christopher Hill Piper, I think. Anton Porter. There's <laughs> Anton Porter. Yeah, I like that. Um, the one the one question I'll leave you with is, do you think or could you put a number on how many schools might self-report these types of infractions now? Like, so, like now that we have Iowa and Iowa State, we, we got to wait to see, obviously, what the NCAA – I mean, we're very, very sure Ulysses is probably done. Deckers is probably done. They're never going to play an NCAA again. So got to wait for it to be official. But once it becomes official, do you think we're going to see even any schools? And if so, what would you ballpark the number of schools of, hey, I am – I'll just say Alabama. I'm self-reporting that we had – three basketball players and a dozen football players bet and this many of them bet on Alabama games. We know. Do you think we even see that? I would think that that institutions would start to self-report simply because they have to know there's a problem. Again, because it's happening up here in the by the dozens and it's happening at these other schools. And if they don't, if they don't self-report and eventually the other powers that be meaning I don't think the law really cares, but the NCAA decides we're going to start looking into these things ourselves and they find maybe dozens, but hundreds of these types of infractions. Then you're looking at serious repercussions for those institutions as it relates to their ability to compete the NCAA level. So I would think that institutions would start to self-report these things, but I don't know. I mean, I think in general, a lot of these things come down to with 18 to 23 year olds, is the law fair? That's up for you to decide, but you need to educate these these kids. And, you know, kids can still make mistakes. Like, how many times we see Iowa student-athletes get OWIs? Do you think they didn't know that it was wrong to drink and drive? 
kids are going to make mistakes. So I think at some point you need to have reasonable uh, expectations and reasonable discipline measures in place. But when you start betting on your own team, like that's the thing. And I, and you, you talked about Deckers and Blom potentially losing permanent eligibility. The only way I could see them not doing that is because of the change in uh, the betting world, the gambling world. The NCAA says, okay, you didn't play in these games. You're lucky you didn't, but you didn't. We're going to suspend you for an entire season and you are on probation the rest of your college eligibility. That'd be the only way that I could see them maybe allowing those kids to play. Aaron Blom wasn't on scholarship anyways. Uh, the Hunter Deckers one is, is more significant. Certainly Aaron Ulyss had like, what, one year left, two years left? Um, uh, I think this is last, and yeah, he's he's done because he bet on Iowa as well. So his, I feel like his his were just as egregious, if not more egregious, as Hunter. Oh, Deckers. I agree. I agree. I think you know. I think that Hunter Deckers is only getting the headlines because of the position he played. Yeah. I mean the that that heavyweight wrestler. Holy cow! Did you see some of the numbers there? I mean, it averaged forty dollars a bet, which still forty dollars a bet is. A decent amount, you know, thirty to four dollars bet, and Ulysses, I think, were around like twenty bucks a bet as well. You know, yeah. and the volume of betting they were doing was just insane. It was, yeah, no, I, I agree, and uh, hopefully, and this, this is coming. This is coming from someone who worked in the casino industry for fifteen years, so I'm not blackballing gambling or putting a blackball on that. I'm just saying these. Co- Sorry to interrupt you, but no, these college kids. It's insane. By the way, I was told, and I'm not going to share this publicly, but I was told last night, in addition to Noah Shannon, who has admitted that he's under investigation, I was told one more football player uh, who's a significant player on this football team that will also likely miss time. I'm not going to repeat that right now because I don't think it's mine to repeat. It's not fair to the, the student athlete, but that's what I was told from a pretty reliable source. So, I would expect that to happen, and I think it's more impactful than Noah Shannon. But um, I think overall, Iowa could come out fairly unscathed, in spite of you know, look at look at Iowa State losing their starting starting quarterback, and they and they've known well, that. For, Iowa State's known that for a while. Tony, you heard me talk about this with Mark. Oh yeah, we watched our live show with with Levi, and I you know I, I respect what Levi does. He works really hard with that website, um, but when he he tried to question, you know, well, we don't know Levi or the, Levi. We don't know that uh, Hunter Deckers is involved. They've known this for two plus months and the public's now finding out about it. So they've at least had time to prepare. When is Iowa, you know, cause Iowa state had their media day today. And I don't know if Iowa, media, Iowa media day is a week from today. Okay. Now I don't know if you noticed they commented that or Campbell said, uh, Drill Brock, the running back, is not practicing with the team. Can you give us any update? I didn't see that. Was not, that today that he said that? Yep. He's not practicing with the team. They got yeah. problems. If they don't have a run game, they don't have a quarterback, uh, and they have a yeah. subpar offensive line, and they lost Xavier Hutchinson at receiver, they, they got problems. Uh, they yeah. got problems. They're going to have to win a lot of games like Iowa won last year. But not to that extent. I mean, I don't expect Iowa State's offense to be crap. They won't be because I think – I think they've got just too good of a coaching staff there, and I think Nate Shieldhouse will get something done offensively, but they're going to have to win games with low scores like they had to in their four wins last year. And that's just reading the tea leaves, obviously. That's not anything that's come out and said, but you know these guys that aren't available for media day and aren't practicing, and there's no reason given, you know, 
make sure. Now, that's why I'm saying when's Iowa media day, because we would know by who's not available. Not necessarily. Not necessarily, because they, Iowa only, like Iowa State only made, what, like seven guys available? Um, I will say Iowa basically throws out to the media every year, hey, who do you want to talk to? And I can tell you, I submitted, I think, like 12 to 15 names on the list because there is no limit. And basically, if you submit them, they're going to they're, they're supposed to be there. So I guess to an extent, you could say, well, I know I a media member could say, I know I uh, requested so and so and they're not here. Why aren't they here? That could happen. Um, yeah. But at the same well, that's time, happened. that's what happened with Iowa State. Yeah. So if somebody, if somebody, my, my point is, if somebody doesn't request somebody, if they're a high major player, they're going to get requested. Yeah. But if somebody requests somebody for Iowa next week and they're not there, then, yes, we'll know. But if they don't get requested, we, we won't know, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I would hope I would hope that Kirk would address that specifically because we get coach we'll get to talk to Kirk first and so I would right. anticipate he would address that before we even get to talk to players. Yeah, because that's what Campbell did today. I think he had like a nine minute opening statement, which they said is very rare for him. But he he addressed it in his opening statement. But I'll I'll quit taking up too much of your time and let you get to everybody else. So I appreciate Thanks your time, call, Tony. All right, uh, a couple questions in the chat. Then we've got our final caller. We've got two callers left. Uh, ZJ Wags, what do you think will happen with Notre Dame football with a new Big Ten TV deal, including NBC? I don't know that it impacts anything immediately. Uh, Notre Dame has doubled down on their stance of staying independent, but I think eventually the money will be too too big to turn down. I think we're probably getting to that point, but how long will, is Notre Dame willing to hold out? I have no idea. Italicus says, big question now, does this force Notre Dame to uh, select a full-time conference? Again, I think that's been inevitable for a while, but they have uh, delayed that in hopes that they can keep that tradition and, and uh, whatever you want to consider the history of Notre Dame football to be uh, and their ability to stay independent, keep that intact as long as possible. Steve wants to know when my le- next show with Mark is. Mark's going to be going, I believe he's going live right right now. So we're going to I'm gonna get off of here in the next couple minutes. We'll bring Mark. I'll, I'll throw everybody over to Mark. So I'll, uh, I'll just tell you right now, find him over at the Voice of College Football. I'll be live with Mark next Tuesday, Steve, for our regular Tuesday show. And maybe if we get more breaking news in the next few days, uh, and we'll jump on with Mark. Midcamp 21, does this mean 10-game conference games, 10 conference games, no protected rivals on two-year rotation or protected on three-year? Great question, and we're assuming this that there's not going to be more movement because I think a lot of this depends on, as we talked to our caller earlier, what do divisions look like? Right As of right now, there will not be Big Ten divisions in 24, but if you add two more teams and you've got 20 teams, including four out west, do you go to pods? That's certainly going to affect how this is all uh, broken down. So I'm certainly going to wait before I try to speculate on schedules and and all that, the the, the protected rivals, et cetera. Um, I would guess Washington and Oregon aren't joining the conference until 25, although I guess I don't have that official. That would be my guess. Maybe our next caller can give us some insight on that. Tacoon says, will Iowa even have a chance to win the Big Ten Championship again now? Well, uh, OSU, Michigan, USC, uh, Penn State, all those teams that you know, being a part of this conference, Wisconsin, um, it, it was going to be hard because the divisions were eliminated. And sure, Oregon, Washington joining the conference only makes it tougher. That's just the cards Iowa was dealt. They're in a better position, I think, in the long run than any of the other schools in the Big 12 from a competitive and from a financial standpoint. Let's go to our next caller who's been on hold for about a half an hour. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? 
Hello, Corey. This is Brandon. How are we doing today? Doing good, Brandon. How are you? Good. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you loud and clear. Perfect. Hey, so I, I don't know what was all being said here the last 15 minutes or so. Maybe you guys have talked about this. But in life with the Big Ten getting these schools, you know, Washington, Oregon, USC, USCLA, say in the next couple of years they were to get FSU and Clemson like it's maybe looking like, and, you know, you throw in the Notre Dame, what's to stop the Big Ten from going nuclear and saying, you know, why are we letting the NCAA control us? Well, we got the TV backing from NBC, Fox, CBS now. Let's start our own thing. We can start our own rules. We'll control the majority of the major brands in college football. And, you know, we can set this up the way we want. We can maybe do our own, like our own playoff system, our own playoff champion. We can still do all these odds like people are bringing up. And we'll be in charge of the whole thing. You know, granted, you'll lose but you won't have the powerhouse of the SEC. Brandon, it sounds like you're in a construction zone. Either you're in a construction zone or you're at a casino. Uh, yes, I am in a construction zone right now. I'm at work, but we couldn't miss out on that. Yeah. Well, you're, you're the man for calling in from a construction zone. Be safe. I will say this in response to your question. Let me just, I'm going to just turn that let me see if i can turn that down for a second in response to your question i don't think i can in response to your question i i don't know that the big 10 is willing to desert the sec from a perspective of i think there's a lot of potential money that's going to be lost doing that i don't know that expanding to 20 teams and abandoning the idea of a college football playoff unless they can somehow come to an agreement with the sec to just depart from the ncaa and what would that look like what does that look like for non-revenue sports I don't know. That's a huge question. I think it's an interesting idea. Um, I could I, my projection as of right now. If you had to put a gun in my head, my guess what happens is the Big Twelve gobbles up what it can. I'm not sure what happens with the ACC, but we're going to either end up with three solid conferences, two of which are powers, and the SEC and the Big Ten, and then the Big Twelve having the kind of the leftover Power Fives. Maybe they absorb the ACC if that functionally works I, I just don't know if that if that does happen but it's I, you're not the first person to bring that up i wouldn't be shocked to see eventually the ncaa especially with its lost hold on nil and all this stuff if uh these conferences figure out a way to no longer be ruled by that that organization i, I guess just my thoughts with this you know the reason i bring that up you know if, especially if you were to get Notre Dame involved in your, in your area and You'd have the NBC, TV money back you up. You know, you have Fox all hemmed up and you have them back you up. And, you know, you're starting to get into CBS. And as far as territorial-wise, you know, you control 80, 90% of the country. Now, granted, yes, the South is where the most part of the most happen and all the bigger groups that you have. But, you know, then you can set your own rules and stuff as far as maybe scholarships for your own
it's granted. I don't know. I, I appreciate you calling in, Brandon. I'm having a little problem hearing you, but uh, I, I think you have an innovative idea, and I would wouldn't be shocked by it. And at this point, anything's on the table. Thank you, sir. Go Hawks. Had a hard time uh, hearing Brandon, but it was actually a, a good comment. I think he's uh, he's got a good idea there. And uh, again, logistically, how does it all work? Again, I'm not uh, not going to be surprised by anything. Um, let's see here. Let's go to our super chat, Connor. When are you going to drop the player interview you teased to us on Mark's show? Good question, Connor. The plan is to release that for the premium subscribers on the channel within the next couple of days. All right, then we'll be available to the general public likely next week. But if you want to get that interview ASAP, become a a premium member, star player coming on the show um, in an interview, star Iowa football player coming on the show in an interview here in the next couple of days. Let's get to our final caller, and then we're going to allow Mark to uh, take over the airwaves. I think he probably already has. He's stolen about 80 of our uh, of our watchers, our, our viewers. Jackson, welcome back, sir. Oh, thank you for com- thank you for having me back on, Corey. How's it going, man? It's going good. Can I get the Harvey Updike uh, impression real quick? Oh, that Harvey Updike impression? There it is. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell Tim. Well, oh, never mind. <laughs> I thought yours is better than mine, honestly. Uh, I've had some practice over the years. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm just sad about some of this realignment news. I mean, I knew that it was going to happen eventually, but I'm just kind of like, I'm worried about the state of the Oregon-Oregon State rivalry and the Washington-Washington State rivalry. Yeah, I would be worried if I was a a fan. I know you're just a college football fan in general, um, Jackson, but like, yeah, like I said earlier, I think Oregon and Washington have basically said, hey, we don't care. Um, Arizona has not done that yet. But Arizona also hasn't an off- hasn't had an offer from the Big Ten. I think things are changed when you're right. talking that type of a dollar amount. Um, Arizona yeah. probably figures, hey, we can hold out, and the Big 12, the Big 12 will still want us if that means we, we pull in Arizona State. But maybe, maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe they eventually say, you know what, we need to make it to – the Big 12 is the best we can do, regardless of what happens with the Sun Devils. There's going to be a lot of rivalries impacted by this conference realignment, this shuffle. Yeah, kind of, it gets me sad thinking about it that way. You know, it's it's like, well, you know what they say, money talks. But I mean, you know, it didn't affect the Iowa Iowa State. And let me tell you, this year, it's going to be quite a gamble. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And I and I'll be I'll be fascinated. Like I said earlier, I know you're an SEC guy. You're an Alabama guy. I'm still waiting for the ball to drop on Miami. I, I just cannot. I've, that's about the third time I've said that during this show. I cannot imagine a scenario where they, where the SEC does not want them, especially with the the uh, foundation that the Big Ten has built here in the last year. Right. Um, so I, I don't think we're anywhere close to being done. And I guess a lot of these moves will take place like now, this month. Yeah, it, it's... You know, it, it, we're at that point where it's just seeming like, you know, it's the SEC and Big Ten and eventually the Big 12. That That's what we're seeing. And SEC is not look – the ACC is not looking so good as well. I mean, they're they're going down the way of the Pac-12. Yeah, I have no idea what the future for that conference is. None. No. I mean, it's just – 
it's sad to think about, but I do know that Arizona is officially joining the Big 12, but they're kind of waiting for the Board of Regents to give the okay. Yeah, th- these things are just changing uh, changing almost by the minute, aren't they? Um, yeah. Arizona's applied for Big 12 uh, membership, but the Big 12, well, let's see, this is a report from Brett McMurphy. The Big 12 was exploring its options as of an hour ago, so... Um, are you telling me this is, uh, let's see here. 11 minutes ago, Pete Thamel reported Utah and Arizona state have ramped up talks with the big 12. So you're telling me something's changed in the last 11 minutes. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then it's not official yet then. Right. Right. Cause I mean, it's just like, I don't way, really see Pete Thamel is a VSPN.com. 11 minutes ago, he reported Utah and Arizona state have ramped up talks with the Big 12, but nothing's official. Yeah, I mean, the bright side of Arizona State, Utah joining the Big 12 would be, of course, Arizona, Arizona State would stay. That makes me pretty happy. Um, BYU, Utah stay, uh, being brought back as an annual rivalry on rivalry week, that would be pretty awesome. And we get to see a little nostalgia from 2005 to 2010. The Mount West band getting back together, TC, BYU, and Utah. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I have questions, if, if, assuming not that it's really people care, the, people, the big college football people out there, because, again, the rest of this conference is likely relegated to, to group of five play. But I, I wonder what's going to happen with Utah State and with yeah. San Diego State. And with, like, I'll, I'm guessing those. They'll have no Boise State. I'm guessing all those schools will have no choice but to join forces and kind of make up the best of the group of fives left. Um, with with what happened to the AAC last year, it's probably whatever that looks like. Either it's Pac-12, Mountain West, whatever, um, behind the Big 12, which is way behind the SEC and the Big 10. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm shocked that Boise State has gotten the shaft all these years from the Power Five. I mean, it was like... If it was after 2010, okay. But in like 2020s, come on. Give these guys a chance. I mean, the Smurf turf on national television, that can make you a lot of money. You're passing up a lot of money. I mean, I know that they don't exactly have the greatest academics, but Boise State football in Boise, Idaho, on a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday night, you're passing up a lot of money. It's a cool place. I, I'd love to see Iowa go out there. Uh, I'd love to go out there myself and watch a game in Boise, although Boise's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, so r- real quick, just to clarify, so I see Jesse in the chat. I- I'm pulling this directly from Pete Thamel's Twitter, okay? So so Pete Thamel on Twitter has said that the uh, talk has ramped up. He is an ESPN reporter, uh, probably the, the most well-known ESPN reporter um, that uh, the talks have ramped up. So as of right now, it is not official, just like it's not official that Oregon and Washington have joined the big 10 because we've, this has to be official from the conferences. Do I expect it to happen? Sure. I do. Um, yeah. My guess is that, that Utah and Arizona still follow suit, but it's Arizona state, excuse me. But my, I mean, at this point it's almost uh I don't know how how there's any way if you're the Big 12 that you don't want schools like Utah and Arizona State just from a numbers perspective. 
Yeah, I remember talking with a uh, uh, JT Worcestershire last week on, on a show I was doing, and you know we talked about Utah about what should they do in response to Colorado joining the Pac-12. He was kind of like, "Oh, let's wait and see." And this this was last week, right? And I'm sure things have changed since then. And I'm just kind of thinking to myself, um, not so sure they should wait. But at the same time, I understand if you want to. But if it were me, I, I would be asking for the Big 12 to take me with you. Yeah, I, I, I like I said, I, I, I think all those schools should latch on to the Big 12 because the Big 12 is the most stable of the three conferences left. Um, even though the ACC hasn't officially lost Florida State, Clemson, and Miami, the Big 12 seems to be the most stable of all those three schools and so probably has the only chance of really surviving. Uh, Jackson, I got to go. It's 2 o'clock. It was a pleasure. All right, man. Always, sir. And, uh, we'll oh, talk thank you for having me on again. Thank you, sir. Appreciate Jackson calling in. Big football fan. And uh, a reminder to everybody, if you're here, thank you for being here. Please hit the like button on your way out. Sign up for a free trial of Aura. It's completely free, folks, and you can protect your information. There's people constantly trying to, to take, steal, corrupt your information, your personal information online. Click the link in the description below for an Aura free trial. Again, that's Aura.com slash Hawkeyes. I'll throw it up in the live chat as well. Again, that's www.aura.com slash Hawkeyes. And as you support our sponsors, you are supporting the work being done here. At from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Again, thank you to everybody for being here. A reminder that the great Mark Rogers is live right now. He's live right now over at the Voice of College Football. Join him for college football talk as conference realignment is in full flux. We'll talk to you next time.